Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Swing, Butterbury. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. This is a very special episode. Without a doubt. This is going to be the first episode that will be recorded after I've been accepted into probably the most popular source for high-end, or high-quality, I should say, podcasts. For a long time now, you could get Eagle Eyes on Tech on iTunes, on Google Play, of course on Spreaker, and just about every other podcast directory that's existed. For the first time, you can now also get Eagle Eyes on Tech on iHeartRadio. Which is, it's, I can't even begin to express how much of a big deal it is to me. To see my podcast next to the names of some of the most well-known broadcasters here in America. Next to Tom Brokaw, or Rush Limbaugh, or Mark Levin, or NBC, or CNN, name them. Some little tech nerd like me being seen next to their work. I can't even begin to tell you how happy, how excited I am for this. And how ungrateful I am that there is some kind of plane going overhead. <laughs> it would figure, right? Regardless. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's dive into it rather than just spend an hour being blown away by actually being in iHeartRadio. Alright, so. I'm actually going to start off with the messy story. This is a very messy story, just because it's a story that gets very political very quickly, and it needs to be debunked. It really does. CNET has released a video, and I'm going to play it with my own commentary about Russia still using Twitter to divide America. Wonderful. That's what I need. I need the Russia narrative. Russia interfering with elections and dividing America to be injected back into life. Come on! Really? And it's actually even worse than the title gives off. Let me play it for you. 
Executives from Twitter met behind closed doors Thursday with members of the House and Senate Intelligence Committees looking into Russian meddling on social media. It'd be useful to understand what uh, what these uh, social media outlets are doing to protect uh, the public. All right, so... <laughs> First off, come on. Where do you even start with this nonsense to find out what social media outlets are doing to protect the public from what? Russian posters? It's so vague from the get-go, it just generally wants you to to accept the premise that Russians are terrible, and them being on anything is also terrible. But this gets worse. Congressional investigators say Russian internet trolls were able to purchase Facebook ads with the goal of dividing Americans using pictures and incendiary language. CBS News confirmed at least one of the 3,000 ads specifically targeted Baltimore Ferguson and the Black Lives Matter movement. All right, so... We're not even talking about Russia. We're talking about Russian trolls. Or, more than likely, trolls pretending to be Russia to mess with the news. Look, I've been to 4chan. I've been to 4chan quite a bit in my high school days. This is a common tactic. To troll around to get super cheap ads... To put out something absolutely inflammatory. This is well known. Plus, you could totally see the political board of 4chan going through and buying $2 worth of ads and using a Russian IP to spoof it just to help feed this silly narrative. And of course, the best part is, is that the things that are being targeted, Baltimore, Ferguson, and Black Lives Matter. All three of these are very controversial statements that have two sides, of which one side has everything in their power to be silenced. So, I mean... Wouldn't it make sense that there would be some groups out there wanting to get the other side of the story out there? But of course, we have to assume from the article that just talking about these three topics must be inflammatory, must be Russian meddling. Come on. Give me a break. On top of that, Russian trolls, here's a spoiler for you, the Russian trolls never use English. Countless times when the Russian equivalent of 4chan attacks 4chan, they intentionally use Russian letters so that they know that the Russian equivalent of 4chan, which I can't remember what it's called anymore, 
attacked 4chan. So to say that these pictures, which were all in English, by the way, were from Russia is absolutely absurd. We hope to learn facts of what has been done, what has been published, who is doing what in this. Lawmakers say the trolls are still at it. Oklahoma Senator James Langford said while NFL players protested during the national anthem this weekend before the games, Russians were flooding social media with hashtag boycott the NFL and hashtag take a knee. Are you serious? Are you serious? No, it has to be the Russians who were talking about boycotting the NFL and whatnot. Give me a break. Football players go ahead and take a knee and intentionally disrespect the flag, which ticks off everyone to the point where even people here in Wisconsin, where our fandom for the Green Bay Packers rises to the point of being a religion, has the Packer fans not wanting to watch the Packers. But oh, it has to be Russian intervention. Come on. And the best part is for this one, nothing cited. Nothing. They were taking both sides of the argument this past weekend and pushing them out from their troll farms as much as they could to try to just raise the noise level in America. Face- <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just to raise the noise level in troll farms. Now look, I guarantee you there are trolls out there, some possibly in Russia, that are using botnets and whatnot to pump out as much as they can. But at the same time, there is a ton, and I mean a ton, of genuine dislike for the way that politics is currently being portrayed here in America. Some silly tweet from a botnet in Russia, which, spoiler alert, is more than likely being controlled in the U.S. by, you know, the 4chaners here, or anywhere, really. It's... It's just such an absurd statement. Let's finish this. Facebook, Twitter, and Google have all been invited to testify about Russian influence on social media at a Senate Intelligence Committee hearing on November 1st. In a Facebook post Wednesday, Mark Zuckerberg wrote the company will do its part to defend against nation states attempting to spread misinformation and subvert elections. Like what? First off, really? We're now going to compare some trolls doing trolly things to nation states attempting to spread misinformation? And then you wonder why I... This leaves you flabbergasted. It just blows.
blows you away completely. Weijia Zhang, CBS News, the White House. So there you have it. Once again, CNET going ahead. Say hello to Fusion. And say hello to CNET's page autoplaying, even though it shouldn't be. That was embarrassing. It's another thing I could just go on forever about. About how nobody's page seems to work as advertised. We'll get to the Fusion GoPro camera in just a minute. But I want to finish off on all of this. You wonder why nobody has any trust in any mainstream news. Cena, of course, is a wing of CBS. The only thing tech-related about this entire article is the fact that it involves Facebook, Twitter, and Google. That's it. But everything else about this doesn't even... (laughs) doesn't even possess a whole lot of facts. The only facts in here is that trolls troll. But to just assume that trolls trolling will always result in people believing trolls and that the government needs to do something to stop trolling regardless of where they are It's absurd. It's stupid. And quite frankly, between YouTube already going through using bots to remove videos that are deemed quote-unquote offensive, and Facebook now saying we're going to do everything in our power to stop the Russia state, which is apparently Russian trolls or even American trolls pretending to be Russian, Where do you even go from here? Where do you even continue from here? Let's go on to something a little happier. Let's go on and talk about a new show actually coming out here in America. And... I'm not going to talk about this long. I just want to talk about the premise. The show is called Wisdom of the Crowd. And the main reason I want to talk about this show is just because... On the same line of trolls, it's just silly. The premise of the show is a tech CEO resigns from his position to launch a crowdsourcing platform to help solve the murder of his daughter. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, right off the bat, 
you're going to notice something kind of wrong with the premise. How do you know what's true and what's not? Now, granted, in the little interview that um, the staff gave to CBS about the show, they admitted 90% of all crowdsourcing can just be thrown out. The problem, then, is... How do you know that some of the 90% isn't actually part of the 10% you wanted? Or what happens when, say, a group like 4chan decides that they want to submit more and more and more terrible evidence about, oh, what's, just imagine something. Whatever you're imagining is probably tamer than what 4chan could do. I'd mention on this podcast what they could do, but I won't, because I didn't mark this as explicit. And it would also be terribly offensive. Such as 4chan usually is. I'm going to keep an eye on this, just because the whole concept of this show just screams to me of being full of holes. And I'm sure it's going to conclude with the crowdsourced information being correct and leading to the actual killer of his daughter and justice being served because, of course, it's a TV show. How much faith do you really have in that? I'm just really skeptical. But, of course, it's a work of fiction. The thing is, I'm worried that too many foolish people who don't know how technology works and want to believe that trolls don't exist will think that this is actually a thing that could happen. Kind of like how too many people think that yelling enhance at a screen will allow you to zoom in on a picture and have it be crystal clear. With that, let's move on. Let's move on to something from PC Purr. about something that I'm kind of surprised about regarding the iPhone. So, you know from two weeks ago, I talked about the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X, which I'm going to keep calling the iPhone X, despite the fact I know is the iPhone 10. That they're both being released with an A10-11 Bionic chip. And in the keynote... Apple talked a little bit how it's an improved chip, but didn't talk about how improved it is. Which, oddly enough, is not like Apple at all. In fact, they're the ones to try and claim that the A10X chip inside the iPad Pro could compete with an actual desktop workstation. By the way, there's no way that's possible. Don't tell the Apple fanboys that. The thing is that the A1011, the A1011 Bionic, I should clarify, 
is shockingly more powerful. With the phone out now, it has been benchmarked a lot. And let's be fair for a minute. When you're talking about mobile benchmarks, it's hard to compare between the Android and iOS. Because on the iPhone, the background applications won't run while you're benchmarking. And on Android, it's harder to get a much more pure benchmark measuring performance. So that's why I've always been reluctant to talk about iPhone versus Android as far as performance goes. Because there's a massive difference. Like, just for example, um, the overall benchmark, just comparing the Samsung Galaxy S8 Plus, that scores 1,000. 844 on single threading. The iPhone 7 on the A10 scores 3,486. But the S8 Plus on the multi-threaded scores 6,188. And the iPhone 7 on multi-threading scores 5,728. So the S8 wins out on multi, but you also have to consider whatever's running in the background affects everything greatly. Like you wouldn't believe. So why am I bringing this up? Because I'm going to compare the iPhone 7 and the iPhone 8 to each other. The same operating system, different chips. The A10 versus the A11. Single-threaded processing. On the A10, 3486, that's the iPhone 7. And on the iPhone 8, 4233, 4233. 800 marks higher, close to 20% faster. But that's not the shocking number. Multi-threaded applications on the iPhone 7 on the A10 Fusion chip scores 5728, as I said earlier. On the 8, on the 8, on the, bleh, excuse me, on the iPhone 8... The A11 chip scores 104, I'm sorry, I said the number wrong. It's not quite that high. 10,490, 10490. That is an 85% performance increase. That's not small. Not even by a long shot. That's fast enough that there'd be a noticeable performance increase 
between iPhone and Android. Where you couldn't say, well, if this wasn't running, this would be faster, or if you were upgraded on this, it would be faster, or anything, blah, 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 blah. That's the difference between a Pentium 4 and a Core 2 Quad. Desktops don't see that kind of performance jump for about two years, normally. Unless you're in the recent era of computing where AMD couldn't do anything in which you didn't see that kind of performance increase for 10 years. Again, it's not small. Not even close to being small. Now, keep in mind... The A11 is in both the iPhone 8 and the iPhone X. In fact, if you're looking for raw performance, the iPhone 8 is actually going to be better since the RealSense camera on the iPhone X is going to take quite a bit of processing power. Which means that there'd be less to do this or that or the other thing. One last comment. Two or three weeks ago, whenever the heck it was now, when I talked about the iPhone X and the RealSense camera, and how it had a built-in face rig, one of the comments I said is, I can't believe it's going to run all that well because it takes a lot of processing power to run FaceRig. And it's true. A lot of the people who stream on Twitch that use FaceRig, that animate a dog or something like that, instead of showing their actual face, they usually have to have a separate computer just to run that talking dog in real time. The A11 chip and its 85% performance increase, that is the real reason why it can do facial recognition and why it can do animated emojis face rig style. Granted, the real sense camera is necessary to make it happen, but without this chip, if you stuck the A10 into the iPhone X, facial recognition and the animated emojis would not happen. Plain and simple. I suppose as one last side note, I should also point out, despite the fact that the more and more I look at it, the more and more the iPhone 8 looks like the better life choice. The sales of the iPhone 8 have been terrible. And you all know why. Everyone knows why. 
Nobody wants to get the iPhone 8. Nobody wants to get the iPhone 8 because it's going to look like last year's phone. It's going to look like last year's phone when standing right next to it is the iPhone X. The sleek, buttonless, bezel-less phone where the screen even circles around the speaker. Here's the easiest prediction in the world to make. It's such an easy prediction, it shouldn't even count as a prediction. But I'm going to make it anyway. The iPhone X will break all iPhone records. The I, When the iPhone X launches... There will be lines at every single Apple store that at least goes out the door and possibly down the block. The only exception I'll make is here in my hometown of Wauwatosa. I have a hard time believing the line will extend off the mall property. But it'll probably go into the parking lot at least. Maybe even all the way down to the Nordstrom's. Everyone will line up for it. And the only thing that spells doom for the iPhone X is creating that real sense 3D scanning camera and creating enough OLED displays. Both of which there's been some rumors that they're having trouble with. But time will tell. Time will tell. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about how NIS America has already backed down before it's even mattered and how Amazon literally has released everything today. We'll be right back. All right, let's talk really quick about supporting the podcast. This podcast is not sponsored by anyone. It's actually supported by viewers like you, by listeners like you. And if you want to help out, all you have to do is go to twitch.tv slash eagle underscore falcon and do just about anything on there. There's funny t-shirts. You can cheer that helps support both the stream and the podcast. Donate directly subscribe and in fact twitch actually just recently announced the half off sale going on for subscribers is being extended all the way to october 21st you can subscribe for the first time at half off and still support whoever you're subscribing to at the full amount again that's twitch.tv slash eagle underscore falcon Thank you, and back to the podcast. (laughs) 
Welcome back, you guys on tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Alright, so. Amazon, I don't know how I missed it, but Amazon announced everything Echo. The Echo, if you don't know, and I'm not sure how you wouldn't know, is the smart speaker that Amazon sells. It's commonly also referred to as Alexa because it responds to the word Alexa. And yes, I am currently saying Alexa as much as possible in hopes of taking advantage of the fact that people leave their Amazon Echo while listening to a podcast because it's guaranteed to trigger. Just like I said, hey Siri, my phone would turn on right now, which it didn't, actually. So, there's a new Echo for $99, which it's, you know, it's newer. It looks sleeker. It's got more of a felt look to it. It's still the same sort of cylindrical shape. The only thing that I'm a little worried about is that um, it looks a little dangerously close to being a scratching post for a cat. So, although it's a new design, I would recommend you check it out to see if it's something for you. If you have cats, definitely try to keep it out of reach of the cats. Which is going to be extremely difficult. The original design, which is the metallic plastic look with the perforated bottom half, that's now being rebranded as the Echo Plus. And it's supposed to have more features similar to a smart home hub. As opposed to just your standard asking the Echo what the weather is or what time it is sort of thing. In addition to that, we have the Echo buttons. Which, um... I don't know why these exist to be quite honest other than they're they're neat for very niche little things they're buttons that you can rig up to do various little things including and it's the only thing they actually toted out being used as like trivia game show buzzers that all three of them linked together only the one that was hit first would light up i'm sure there's a bunch of other things they could be used for And I would find these super neat if it weren't for the fact that I stream Jackbox games on my own Twitch channel. And already I do host trivia nights where everyone uses their smartphones as buzzers. But those are $20 for a pair. I don't know. We'll find out what they do in the end. We also have the Echo Connect, which appears to be a little $35 answer machine box that when connected, you can have your Alexa, or your Echo, I'm sorry, I fell into the trap, dial emergency numbers for you. Now, why is, why is this box needed? Before Alexa could always... I'm falling into the trap! Before the Echo 
could make calls over what's called voice over IP. Um, most of the time, emergency dispatchers do not like receiving emergency calls over voice over IP. Just because these crazy things called internet trolls, the, you remember the, those things I was talking about earlier that are apparently responsible for all evil in the world? Use those to call up dispatch and, well, you know, prank call. And then be untraceable because it's voice over IP and not an actual phone line. So on one hand, it's nice to see this, being able to being able to say, insert Amazon command word here, call 911, and being able to do it. It'd actually be extremely helpful for, say, the elderly who have fallen down and can't get up and can just shout to, to the Echo for help and be able to actually get that help if they are in such a dire situation. Oh, by the way, do you remember Big Mouth Billy Bass? Yeah, well, apparently Amazon, um... wants to somehow work with the talking fish maker to have Alexa inside that to lip sync other songs other than Don't Worry, Be Happy and Take Me to the River. While part of me thinks that's really adorable... Another part of me wants to know why. Why would you do that? All right. In addition, we also have a $70 Fire TV 4K, a small box powered by Amazon's Fire TV that can display 4K in it at 60 frames per second with 802.11 AC Wi-Fi and a 1.5 gigahertz quad core CPU in there. No mentioning of how much RAM's in there. Hopefully enough to actually make this happen. And hopefully, unlike the last time I've seen a Fire TV in action, actually works. I'm not even kidding. Quite a few times, the Fire TV, when I've seen it in action, it worked so slowly it made me cry. It was really, really sad. And it wasn't even like the internet was really bad. It was moving from menu to menu. Had a 30 second delay on it. Between going from menu to menu to menu to menu. It was just painful. It literally took someone five minutes to pull up an episode of Veep. Hopefully this new one will work at a speed better than Snail. I'm keeping an eye on you, Amazon Fire. I'm keeping an eye on you.
We also have the Echo Spot, which... I don't even know what to say about this thing. The Echo Spot is a small, oh, it looks to be about a two-inch circular display with a camera in it that has the Echo Amazon features in it to a certain degree, in addition to being able to make voice calls and being able to display the time. So, I mean, cute little alarm clock, but... I don't know if this needed to exist. In fact, Alex Shaw in our chat right now says he's never had a problem with his Fire TV. Um, Out of curiosity, uh, which version of the Fire TV do you have? I might need to do some more research in it. See if it actually is... Something about the versions. But in any case, back to the Echo Spot. So yeah, Amazon created a circular alarm clock that can also make calls. On one hand, I think it's a good idea. On the other hand, um... I don't know how I feel about having a always-on device always listening to me with a camera built into it in my bedroom. And this is coming from the guy who has, next to his bedroom, a big condenser mic and a high-quality HD camera for the purposes of broadcasting. And last but not least, and not anything really, there's no Kindles. Apparently this time around there were no need to talk about the Kindle. I'd also like to thank my microphone for not picking up the buzzing of my phone. So yeah, there you have it. We have how many echoes? One, two, three, four. Four echo devices. Four and a half you want to include the connect. I'll tell you, Amazon could not be any more in to the Alexa ecosystem. All right, Alex says... One's a refurbished one with with a voice remote, but they're both ones with Alexa built in. All right, so they gotta be newer ones. So maybe the one maybe the ones I've seen are kind of the older ones, the originals. Unfortunately, as far as the Fire TV goes, I don't know the various versions. So maybe the one with the 4K won't be absolutely terrible. I mean, it did say it was a 1.5. Gigahertz quad-core CPU. Or they say that was a GPU. 
now forgetting everything as soon as it's not in front of me. It's a quad-core CPU. It actually doesn't say anything about the GPU other than it can handle up to 1260p at 60 frames per second, which is 4K. Alright. We're going to shift gears radically. We're going to go back to last week. I talked about this. Or was it the week before? I don't remember. I talked about how NIS America, this is the publishing company for a lot of Japanese games, said that they will try to ban and pull any and all videos and streams that give spoilers for their game Danganronpa V3 which is a visual novel murder game. Mostly mystery solving. And if it's going to be anything like the previous two, it's going to be really, really weird. And probably also a lot of fun. So, I have four tweets in front of me. And I'm going to read them out. Alright? PSA. We're requesting all streamers, influencers, and media to respect the guidelines placed by Spike Chunsoft for Danganronpa V3. One of two. Second one. Those who decide on breaking guidelines will risk being contacted by Spike Chunsoft to remove any video content past chapter one. These are the two original tweets that... That came out and started the whole controversy, alright? And the part I love about this, and this is actually something that wasn't reported on a whole lot, and even I didn't get this right off the bat. They're immediately saying, hey, it's not us, it's not us, it's Spike Chunsoft. Which, I actually blame myself for not noticing this. To say that it's all Spike Chunsoft's fault... That, um, that people are going to get notifications is absurd. Spike Chunsoft is the Japanese developer who made these games. The game in question, Danganronpa V3, has been out in Japan for nine months. For nine months, anyone who wanted to spoil the game could because they had access to the Japanese copy. And guess what? People did. There are tons of spoilers out there. And as long as you're halfway savvy using the internet, you can avoid 100% of them. So realizing this, the day of the release... NIS America releases this. Danganronpa V3 streamers. Streaming past chapter 1 is not recommended, but if you stream, please remind viewers that there are spoilers. Thanks. They immediately realized, oh, wait a minute. This is unenforceable. Completely unenforceable. 
yeah, okay, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, not do that. Plus, I do love this. Please remind the viewers that there are spoilers. You're watching a stream of a game. Of course there's going to be spoilers. That goes without saying. In fact, you know what most streamers have to do? The streamers have to tell the viewers not to spoil it for them. It is infinitely more plausible for the game to be spoiled for the streamer than for the game to be spoiled for the viewers. Then NIS, oh, how long after? Four minutes later, no, three minutes later, after the first after the first tweet, to clarify, streaming Danganronpa V3 past Chapter 1 will not get anyone banned. Please remind players there will be spoilers past that point. <laughs> On the day it released... Complete 180. In fact, actually, let me double check. No, the day before it released. They caved before the game came out! Before they even published the game! They completely turned around. So... Here's my advice to other game developers. Don't. Don't do this. Because in the end, you know you're going to have to cave. You know your outrageous rule is completely unenforceable. And you know there is no way on earth you can ever stop the internet from trying to spoil anything. There's just no way. You have better odds of trying to get everyone in a football stadium to hold hands and sing Kumbaya. By the way, the odds of that happening are also near zero. Spoilers. So please, to the rest of the developers who want to try and control spoilers on their game, just stop. Just just don't. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And any attempt you try to do, no matter how extreme or how little it is, is going to make you seem foolish. Especially if you go to levels that NIS did, which is originally to declare that the game developer in a different country will ban you. From the internet. Yeah. Okay. Let me know how all that works for you. Let's go on to just talk about GoPro, shall we? GoPro unveils two cameras. One, they released the GoPro Hero 6. This is when push comes to shove a boring refresh of the other cameras that is bigger, better, and badder than before. Although it's great, it's, you know, it's an upgrade camera. Shoots more pixels, shoots better quality, 
shoots better frame rates, etc., etc., etc. It's a good update, nothing wrong with it, it's just boring. <laughs> I know that in itself sounds boring. But let's not even talk about it anymore. Let's talk about the interesting camera. The GoPro Fu- Eurofusion 360. The GoPro Fusion 360 is a infinitely more interesting camera. Because as the name suggests, the 360 camera shoots in 360 degrees. So that means let's pretend you're insane and go skydiving. Not to say that everyone who goes skydiving is insane, but you're a little insane. (laughs) You can have this 360-degree camera mounted on you, shoot the video, and catch literally every angle in a sphere around you as you fall. So that anyone can rewatch it, drag the camera around, and see any angle they want over and over and over again. It shoots it at 5.2K spherical video at 30 frames per second. Or, probably the much better option, 3K spherical video at 60 frames per second. As well as 100, I'm sorry, as, as well as 18 megapixel spherical shots. The 360 camera will ship in November for $700. I'm not even sure how much the Hero 6 will ship for because it's boring compared to the 360. That is far more interesting. The daredevils, the snowboarders, going around at high speeds, shooting. And I do highly recommend the 3K at 60 frames per second. And just being able to go drag around the video. That is cool. That is really cool. Not gonna lie. Oh, I'm sorry, I did actually scroll down and actually did see the price. Hero 6 will be 500 bucks. Again, that's the boring version compared to the spherical shot. This also means that, um, you know, probably starting uh, December 2017... Expect YouTube to see a flood of snowboarders, skydivers, swimmers, high-speed racers shooting their action in 360 degrees and be able to drag the YouTube video around to see what it all is. And now finally, we move on to the last bird. The last segment of the day, Elon Musk wants to build a giant spaceship to fly people to Mars by 2014. Oh boy, here we go again. Yay! Elon Musk wants to, I mean, what what more is there to say? The SpaceX program plans on building a spaceship that can fly people to Mars by 2014. It is then at this point that people are starting to consider, okay, what would it take to colonize Mars? How how would we get resources? And, oh, we could take this rocket and travel along the Earth. Look, once again, 
I would just like to state... You need to focus your priorities. Elon, I get it. You dream big. You got big dreams and a brain that wants to jump all over the place. But please... Focus. I get it, Elon. You suffer from ADD. Me too. The difference is that I do everything I power to gain control over it. To make sure that I stay focused on one thing at a time. The first step here is to accept that you do suffer from this disorder. Okay? That's the important step. The second step... Controlling it. Between the Tesla cars, the Tesla semi, the SpaceX colonizing Mars, the crazy underground high-speed tunnels in Las Vegas, the drilling more holes with the Boring Company, which is part of the whole tunnel system, and... I don't know, discovering alien life? Whatever you're thinking about, Elon, get... A hold of yourself, man. Please. And I know there is a 0% chance that anything I just said will ever get to Elon. But at least other people are, in fact, trying to get to Elon. The satirical news source called called The Hard Times comes up with, and I want to stress, This is a satirical headline. This is not true. Elon Musk unveils supercomputer capable of simulating the entire universe or running player unknown battlegrounds on medium graphics. Now, first off, every gamer who is listening to this right now just gets a chuckle on that because they know how terribly optimized and how terrible. PUBG runs, or Player Unknown Battlegrounds. But doesn't this sum up Elon Musk? I mean, doesn't it? I have made a supercomputer. But, I can also play pu- play Player Unknown Battlegrounds on medium graphics with it. I need to work on that. I just constantly get eliminated after like 97th place or something like that it really does just sum up everything that is Elon Musk and at the same time it also just kinda you know pokes a little bit more at Bluehole Studios and how I still have no idea why we allow them to continue to make games that barely work. That's going to do it for me, everyone. Thank you, everyone who has listened here today to this podcast. Take care, rest well, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.